Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today, our true survival story podcast where we talk about... True survival stories. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what... It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Humans are crazy. Indeed. Um, you're going to like this story more than the last one I told, but you're not going to be fully jazzed about it because i feel like this is another one of your big fears oh, God. that we're gonna delve you into really today. have to go into all my big fears with your yeah, stories pretty much i mean i guess they're all pretty pretty bad i was talking to my mom uh yesterday or two days ago um and she was like oh i found this article of all these stories and then she's like but you can't use any of them because they're all really bad and i was like isn't mm. isn't that the point <laughs> i was like would you D- did she mean bad like Bad um, meaning, like, like I don't know, like... They're too gruesome or yeah. too hardcore, and we're like, mm. Yeah. Did you listen to the last episode? Yeah, I know. I was like, Mom, what? Yeah, and actually, Tika was on the list, and I was like, do you realize that... We already told one of those. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. wait, it wouldn't be fun if, if it was... I mean, well, that's showing my crazy a little bit. It would still be fun, but... True. But, you know, we, we're, I mean, we're, I think at this point, we're all on the same page here. We like yeah. true crime. We like survival stories. That's why we're here, and that's our podcast. Thank you for that's, coming. That's, that's the show, is. everyone. Have that's it. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the it. Pod. It's a real short episode this week. Yeah. Uh, um, do you have a broad like topic for your story this this week? Yes, lost at sea. Lost at sea. Yes. Lost at sea. That's the, actually one of my, my one of my worst nightmares. I'm terrified the, yep. of the ocean. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> terrified so, of it. Here we are. Love that. Um. Yeah, I think I think your number one was definitely the last story I told. Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah, but this is probably a close second. Though. Yeah, like a very close second. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's jump in. Uh, today's story is about a 29-year-old Stephen Callahan, a naval architect and frequent sailor from Boston, who departed on a sailing trip from Rhode Island in 1981 on a boat that he built and designed himself called the Napoleon Solo. The, he built and designed himself. Yeah. Hmm. So this this dude built a boat mm-hmm. and sailed pretty much across the Atlantic. Well, that is asking for trouble. That is a very confident dude. Yeah. I bet he had the poofy hair like the 80s. <laughs> no, he actually, and... I think he had a mullet. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. He was rocking it. Hell yeah. Loved it. He had he had the um, facial hair and everything. Love that. Yeah. Um, actually, in his um, documentary, he kind of, in a way, looked like Mark Schlissel a little oh, bit. Oh God, Mark Schlissel in his is his older the, age. What? He's the dean of University of Michigan. What is he? President. President? He's the head of something, but we all used to make fun of him because... We used to call him Daddy Schlissel. Yeah. Not like us, but like the school. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like our our friend, like I knew somebody who said that. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, so shortly before this trip, Callahan's marriage had fallen apart, and he said that his life was not going so great. Did he get the mullet after the divorce? I actually don't know. That's I a hope good so. detail. Give me mullet or give me Probably. death. Probably. <laughs> but, like, I feel like he would have had time to grow it. What, did, did you say it was a divorce, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So maybe he grew it during the divorce. Damn. Maybe that's the reason they broke up. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> 
Yeah, I can't do the hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're done. In 10 years of marriage, it's done. No, I have the opposite reaction. I, In fact, I encourage you to grow Get a mullet? mullet? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, try, we'll chat we'll after. That. Yeah. yeah, we'll save that conversation. <laughs> um, so I actually really enjoyed uh, the term for his boat. It was a 6.5 meter sloop. Ooh, sloop. That he designed and built himself. So, you know me. I like uh, I like funny noises. Sloop. <laughs> the sloop was just perfect. You know, I, I like funny noises. <laughs> like, funny noises, sound effects, just make, they make life better. That's true. As we all know. Yeah, can confirm. Um, so anyway, his, his life is not going good at this point. Uh, he's hoping that isolation on the boat will kind of let him leave this hard year behind and mm. kind of like, you know get his mind off yeah, of all of it and just a new start sure. so he left um he left in rhode island he left rhode island and he sailed to bermuda which is about a quarter of the way from like rhode island to england okay. but he has to go south to get to bermuda but mm-hmm. it's kind of a middle point okay um so he sails to bermuda no problems then he sails to england with his friend chris latcham and in england he left chris there in the fall uh, and entered into a sailing race that was going from penance england to the canary islands um he dropped out however in la coronia spain after the race had sunk many boat and damaged his own boat sunk many boat many boat did i say boat <laughs> yes i'm leaving it that's fantastic um so yeah i mean the race wasn't going well for people right he's like i'm out like his boat was messed up however uh steven is undeterred he makes repairs to his boat as we do remember he fucking built it so he just right. fixed it and he continues to set sail down the coast of spain towards the canary islands and on January 29th, 1982, he started sailing back to the U.S. out of the Canary Islands from El Hierro mm. um, Island toward Antigua in the Caribbean. And El Hierro <laughs> translates <laughs> to arms. the iron. Okay. So you sick. like that? I think I got that pretty I good. I like that. That's yeah. good. Um, so... <laughs> He's pretty much just rounding the corner on this trip. You know, it's going well. I mean, he did damage his boat, but, you know, he's... he's. But he fixed it. He fixed it. He's just chugging along. Um, and his first week coming back from uh, the Canary Islands was perfect weather. He had a great time. He would exercise, listen to radio, and felt completely at home on the water. That is until the weather started to turn for the worse. Dun, dun, dun. As most... Um, Lost at sea stories do start. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. So you can imagine, you know, everything's been sunny and all of a sudden those clouds start to roll in, start seeing lightning in the distance. The waves get bigger, more rain. It gets progressively darker. Okay, evil. The waves get bigger. (laughs) Shut up. Your boat starts rocking. Giving me like an evil stare while you're saying all that shit. Yeah, no, I'm trying to induce your anxiety. Yeah, you're doing great. (laughs) <laughs> I'm already like rubbing my hands together <laughs> like a crazy person. So just wait. Um, Sick. <laughs> so at the time of this incident, he was experiencing 35 knot winds, 
And as most people might ask, what the fuck is a knot? Yeah. A knot, um, I think it was like, this is going to be a short aside, but like, I think a knot is like from the old way they used to measure speed. It has like garlic on it. Yeah, like so like they would tie knot. garlic knots to a rope <laughs> and then throw them out every once in a while. However fast you were going, you counted the knots. Amazing. Yeah. Wait, actually, of, like it had, you had like tied a rope and it was like knots and shit. Yeah, like there was a lot of garlic and bread involved. It was a process, a lot of wasted, but you know, but for real, they would like tie knots in the rope and like yeah, like however many knots they like tied them a certain length apart. Anyway, it's a measure of velocity. Gotcha. So this is equivalent to 40 miles per hour. So, like, there's 40 mile per hour winds. Um, you know, the waves start growing. Uh, however, this was nothing out of the ordinary for Steve, if you can believe that. that. Because, I mean, if you're going across the Atlantic, I would imagine that you are going to hit some patch of bad weather at some point. Yeah, so he's sure. Apparently, he was used to this. Um, so he was... He pretty much was just, like, weathering the storm, chilling, like, just trying to um, keep busy. And at some point, he switched on the autopilot and tried to lay down to get some sleep as his, po- as his, <laughs> as his boat is getting tossed around in the storm. No. What, so, wait, what kind of... Was it just, like, a big sailboat? Like, what? Uh, so, 6.5 meter. I want to say that's about 23 feet. Okay. So, um... But was was he, like, manually controlling, like, the sails and shit? Was it, was it a sailboat, or was it, like, a motor, like, with a had a motor and shit? Um... You can tell I know so much about boats by the way I'm talking right. about them. Um, no, so it was, it was a sailboat. So, so he's sailing. So when you say he put it in autopilot, you mean he just tied a rope? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, fuck it, we ball. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I should have looked more into that. But in the <laughs> in the thing I watched, it was like, he put it into auto- autopilot, which I guess is doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that there was like a sail and motor combination, mm. I would imagine. So that like in like a storm, to. when in, it's so erratic, you would have something that would push you along. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Sure. Especially if he designed it himself. I wouldn't imagine you'd go out on the ocean in yeah, 1981 with Atlantic. just a fucking sail. So Yeah, that sounds a little sketch. A little sus. So he's pretty much just trying to get sleep. And he's like, you know, the, the waves are battering my boat at this point. Mm-hmm. So he's getting rocked around. So it's kind of hard to like fully go asleep. So he's kind of like in this like half awake trance you sometimes get when you like can't fall asleep but you're trying to take a nap Mm -hmm. that's kind of where he's at um and all of a sudden uh during this like storm he gets this he hears this huge bang on the side of the boat and it it pretty much the boat immediately starts to fill with water no no um (laughs) and within seconds the water is above his head. No, no. In the cabin. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um, in his book, uh, Callahan wrote, wrote a book about this, Adrift, 76 Days at Sea. Plug for Callahan. Um, he writes that he suspects the damage to the boat occurred from a collision with a whale. Uh. Hmm? Uh-huh. What? Yeah. A collision? You got into a 
A boat accident with a whale? With a whale. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah, that whale fucked his boat. <laughs> God damn. What? If it was a, a whale. He doesn't. He's not sure. Um, but he recalls thinking, quote, I'm going right to the bottom. Uh. Yeah. Ugh. So. You got like a dinghy on that boat? Thankfully, he do. <laughs> thankfully, he got a dinghy on that <laughs> he boat. He got a dinghy on that boat. <laughs> um, so he makes his way out of the cabin, mm. thankfully. And he has a, a life raft that he throws out and he's trying to like pull this cord and you like pull the cord to inflate it he's like pulling on this thing and like at first it take it took him like a few seconds and uh, a few tries to get it going and like you can just imagine he is pooping himself trying to get this thing to inflate because if it doesn't go he's dead yeah pretty much um but eventually he does pull the cord and like the life uh raft just goes <laughs> and it inflates um he jumps off the boat into the life raft and he gets in there and he's like, great. As he's still tethered to his boat and he goes, oh shit, I have no supplies on this motherfucking raft. All my emergency supplies are in the cabin. No. So he realizes that I'm not going to last long in the middle of the ocean with no supplies because right. he's nowhere near any shipping lanes at this point. So no one's going to see him. And I would imagine any satellite or radio equipment that he had is going down with the boat mm -hmm. um so he decides to go back to the boat and gather everything that he can from the boat before it pretty much sinks to the bottom of the ocean um so he dives down into the cabin which is completely filled with water at this point everything is dark um so he this is nighttime yeah uh yeah <laughs> oh i mean even if it wasn't um, there's a storm, it's cloudy, and yeah. he's inside in an enclosure. Yeah. So... The ocean just gets 10 trillion times scarier at night. When no? you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, I, ha I took a cruise, um, from London to, uh, France, mm -hmm. uh, to Normandy, and it was a nighttime cruise. And I had never really been out on the ocean at night. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like went up and like looked around. And it's, you're right, it's the ocean at night is something else because it's, it's so spooky. It's blacker than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. That yeah. will, that, that, that's kind of the reaction I had when I drove through the desert at night. Yeah. Because I drove from New York to California when I moved here with, uh, me mom and we were driving <laughs> we were driving through the desert like at night and there there were no lights no nothing it was a one one lane yeah. it was so scary <laughs> it was yeah. terrifying yeah because i feel like you know even like anywhere i've lived it, it's there's been at least some kind of ambient light mm -hmm. either from like the moon yeah or, or like light pollution or... yeah there's some light pollution because i've always lived in like suburbs but like even at um my parents had a cottage in, in northern michigan uh but like even that uh never really got as dark as what the ocean was yeah because it, it it's just another level there's just like this vast nothingness so like Callahan's plunging into this vast nothingness oh, and he basically God. he's just like feeling around for shit that would help him survive lord and there's a rogue whale on the loose apparently <laughs> it's like some whales got it out for him no. it's like got his number <laughs> shit 
Um, so he's in he's in the cabin. He does manage to find his emergency supplies and cut the rope that is uh, suspending them in wow. the cabin. Um, and he tries to get back out of the cabin, which he gets out through a hatch. And at this point, the boat is underwater, and the hatch is like suctioned down, and he can't push it out. Oh, it's like a door, right? Like the like when you, if a car goes underwater, you have to like put the window. Wait down. for the pressure to equalize. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he is. He's got the emergency supplies, but what he doesn't have at this point is air. Right. <laughs> Just that little thing. Just no air. Uh, so he's like banging against this and underwater in the underwater in the dark trying to get out uh and luckily a wave comes over thank you uh your pc is in battery save mood um a wave comes over the the boat which kind of like equalized the pressure and let him push the hatch open um so like, at that point, I would imagine the water's kind of coming either across the boat or, like, down. Mm. Not, not like, down so that the pressure on, on it was enough for him to uh, open the hatch. So Great. he gets out. Amazing. Thank God. And swims back to his lifeboat and pretty much just watches his boat sink to the bottom of the ocean in oh the middle God. of the storm on a raft. And... The reason that his boat didn't immediately sink is because of the um, emergency compartments of um, air mm-hmm. that he designed into the boat. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that that is crazy. That's like, here I am thinking <laughs> sailing the ocean on a homemade boat would be a little sus, but maybe it was better for him. I don't know. Maybe not though. It still went down. Do you, do you, did you know anything about the t- Titanic? Like it had a like I think it had like nine it had some like crazy number of like basically these uh, compartments mm-hmm. where it would kind of it would, I think they were like buoyancy compartments and it was like okay if we even if we lose three of them like we'll still be able to float and be good but they lost four or mm-hmm. something like that. I, I would imagine it's like kind of the well, same thing on a smaller scale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. But obviously, the whale fucked up enough for this boat to go down. Damn. Yeah. So That whale out there, drunk swimming. Yeah. Collision. Yeah, I don't know. Like, isn't that... I, don't, I wonder how common it is for whales to hit boats. I have no idea. Uh, and I also wonder why he thinks that. But, yeah, I'm Well, cer- something certainly gigantic the wh- smacks yeah, the into your is, boat. It's yeah. like, how many things are out there that are that gigantic... You know, not many. Well, we don't know that because we've only discovered five percent of our our friggin' oceans, which is why it's so scary. And it's dark. Yeah, and it's dark, and <laughs> I'm scared of those things. Right. Oh, oh. Ooh, the matrix is breaking again. <sighs> this weird. I think we've probably mentioned it on the podcast before, but like, I don't know if it's a car that drives by, but it literally shakes the whole building for yes. like a couple seconds. Yeah, it has to be a car. Yeah, because although that was very short and not as intense as it usually is. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, whale smacking on that boat. He's in the raft. Yeah. So, I mean, he that first night, uh, he's just getting continued to be battered by the storm. Uh, he's cold and wet, and he's pretty much just worried about dying from hypothermia mm-hmm. because in a storm, there is no keeping dry in a life raft. Right. 
Um, he does manage to survive the night, and on day one, he awakes to find his boat gone. Surprise. And he's in the absolute middle of nowhere of the Atlantic Ocean, and he's in a, an especially remote section of the ocean uh, to boot. And no one knows where he is. No one's looking for him because he told his friends and family to wait five to six weeks before being concerned. What? What? What do you, what do you mean? You heard me. Yeah, I heard you. <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, this dude built and designed his own boat. Yeah. And sailed across the Atlantic once. Yeah. Already. Right. So. Five to six if there's weeks, a, If there's a man I'm going to place faith in, it's this guy. I guess. But, um, you know, that's the problem with telling people. But after five to six <laughs> weeks of, you know, free floating on this raft, if they do start a search for you at that point, it's like, how do they even have any sort of, like, they how do they locate you? You're in the friggin' ocean on a dinghy. Don't know. Certainly a needle in a haystack, but they could probably figure out like what time he left. Yeah, but they don't know the what time island, his boat and then what, like where the currents are going. Yeah, but they don't know within those five weeks when it went wrong. You know? No. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, any search after five weeks is slim. Not looking good. Yeah, not great. Um. So he's survived the night. He has survived the night. No one's looking for him. And he knows that he needs to get into the shipping lanes uh, to the south of him to have any chance at being found. So he estimates at this point that he's about a thousand miles from any land at this point, the closest of which being the Caribbean islands. Mm -hmm. um, he's completely at the mercy of the winds and currents because he doesn't have a sail on the life raft and he just will float along with the ocean. Right. He, he estimates that it will take at least two weeks to get to these shipping lanes that are 350 miles away, which he thinks is his best chance at getting discovered and rescued. And, excuse me, he's being pushed west, not south. So he's basically going from Europe to America. Mm. Um, he has only eight pints of emergency water, so he estimates that's about eight days of water. And without enough water, he's kind of fucked. Yeah. And he he rem I remember him describing. He's like the ocean is really one of the greatest deserts because even though there's a water all around you, you can't drink it. You can't drink it. Yeah. And there's no like. Luckily, um, from his emergency kit, mm -hmm. he has these solar stills which catch evaporation. You can pretty much put the salt water in those and catch the evaporation uh, and drink that. Wow. But if he didn't have that... Yeah, you'd be He's dead, got dead. eight days. Yeah. There's also no shade, really. Oh, yeah. That's so, tough. Yeah, he's getting a little crispy. A little? Just, yeah. A tad crispy. Um, from Also from his emergency supplies, in addition to the solar stills... He has a fucking harpoon. Sick. Yeah. Nice. And this will come in handy mm. for food right? Uh, later. So he has some food. He has some emergency water, um, both of which are not really 
enough for this two-week journey that he thought he was going to be on. So he kind of like puts that off. He's like, okay, I got a harpoon. I could probably fish with that. And he just starts to try and use these solar stills to get water so he didn't have to use the emergency supply. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he... Um, was using the stills improperly and every time that he would try and get water from uh, the evaporation like sack yeah that he would have uh, it would taste like salt water and he's like I can't drink this you would have to spit it out oh, so that'll dehydrate you even quicker yeah so um, he tries this for you know a couple days and you know after 30 minutes it would fill up and then he would try and drink it and realize that it was salty can't drink it spit it out and pretty much rinse and repeat mm. um, he just couldn't figure out how the solar stills worked he like despite having designed and built a boat right just couldn't figure these things out um, and he's like I, I gotta solve this water problem yeah like, this is number one uh, another thing that he tries to solve the water problem is to use his raft's canopy to collect rainwater. Mm. Um, and this works at first until he tries to drink it. Mm-hmm. And he said it was one of the most putrid things he's ever tasted because the uh, the the raft is orange and mm-hmm. the dye or whatever chemical um, compound they seal it with was seeping into the rainwater oh, God. and like tainting it orange and he's like I cannot drink that yeah um, so you know take <laughs> option two also not working well for Steve um, he remembers feeling desperately lonesome and remember recalls that there was no part of this that wasn't a hellish experience and It is at this point that Steve starts to write his own epitaph, which is something that you usually put on a tombstone for somebody, Mm -hmm. like Here Lies. Um, And he pretty much details his situation, but, like, this is where he's at mentally. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty much done. And this is the first time of many that he will think this during this journey. Jeez. Yeah. You said it's, what, like 70-something days? 76. Ooh. We're on day one. Still? Or no, not day one, but like the first week. Damn. Um, so after seven days uh, out on the ocean, uh, eating his emergency rations and drinking some of the uh, emergency water, you know, he's getting t- to the point where he's got like probably three or four uh, of these pints of water left. And he has three solar stills that he cannot, still can't figure out how to work. So he rips one of them apart. Mm-hmm. He pretty much sacrifices one uh, just to figure out how it works. Uh, and he realized that the still had to be inflated a very specific amount in order for it to catch the rainwater such that it wouldn't mix with any of the salt water. Mm. Um, and it's after this that he gets his first teaspoon of water so up until this point he was just drinking like tainted water was he breaking into that no no he was pretty much just like rationing his uh, emergency water i think technically it was an eight day supply but he was probably like having it yeah um but yeah okay He, he was drinking like out of like cans yeah well that's a win 
Yeah. So yeah. Steve's first big win is figuring out how this goddamn solar still works. His problems are far from over. He still needs to figure out food. Um, so he's also running out of food. But he has, you know, you have 21 days for food, I mm-hmm. believe. So it's not as urgent. But um, on day 11, he does see his first actual fish. Oh. And um, remember, he has a harpoon. Uh, he starts trying to shoot the fish. Um, but for several days, um, he continues to keep missing. Uh, because it's actually really hard to hit, yeah. to hit, like, number one, a moving fish. Number two, the refraction. Yeah, I imagine it must be next to impossible to do yeah. that shit. The refraction of light is kind of a mindfuck because when you're aiming at the fish, you have to aim, like, about a foot or two under where you actually Weird. see it. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, you don't want to put yourself in the water because... Yeah, that too. You One, you'll be... <laughs> Uh, wasting up all your your little energy that you do have left and also you could lose the raft and then you're really really fucked (laughs) yeah so you know steve's making it happen or at least trying to yeah uh balancing all of those things at the same time but he can't he can't um hit a fish and you know after pretty much days of trying to do this the firing mechanism on his spear gun breaks no so he pretty much has cut his effective range for catching fish from about six feet to 18 inches. Oh, wow. And we're on, what, like week two now? This is um, rounding out week two. Yeah. So he continues to try and catch fish with this spear to no avail. And on day 14, he finally spears his first fish, like, by hand. Wow. And he gets to eat some sweet sushi. (laughs) Um, Some sweet sweet sushi. sushi. Um, Most of what he caught was mahi-mahi. Sick. Also known as dorado fish. Okay. So, I mean, I think you've had these in, like, fish tacos. Like, I think they're pretty common. Uh, Mahi-mahi, but it's just, like, a basic white fish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it goes to Starbucks. Um, a oh, basic fish. Yeah, basic fish. Yeah. <laughs> so it's at this point that Steve goes, "Oh, if I can continue collecting water with these stills and catching fish, I can live on up on the ocean indefinitely, even though it sucks absolute ass." Um, as long is that a direct quote? <laughs> <laughs> direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as long as his raft stays afloat, he's kind of figured out how to sustain himself. And it is at this point that he's starting to come in to those beloved um, shipping shipping lanes. lanes. Hell yes, beach. However, in the middle of the night, he hears tapping on the bottom of his raft as if something is hitting his raft. And he feels a massive force hit the bottom of the raft if you tell me that this is about to become a shark story <laughs> i mean <laughs> ooh, yeah not no no i reject that yep so this massive force no you might ask what the cause is <laughs> it was a I mean, shark it's a little mermaid no <laughs> it was a little mermaid with a fin uh... <laughs> that looked exactly like a shark 
This shark is trying to attack his raft. Basically, the ocean hates Steve. Love that. For <laughs> a Steve. whale broke his boat, and his shark's coming for his raft. So he struggles to keep the shark away, um, knowing that if the shark sinks the raft, he is fucked. He's shark food. Shark He's bait. Shark bait. Ooh, ha, ha. Ooh, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> so he actually hits the shark with his spear a few Ooh. times, um, and the the shark luckily um, fucks off. <laughs> Love that. So, Steve has repelled the shark for the time being. His raft is intact. Life is going back to not so great, but not dire. Right. Um, day 15, he sees his first ship on the horizon oh. after just entering the shipping lanes. And he feels absolutely elated. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is it. This is how I get out of this ship. And he fires off some flares at the... Um, was this a mirage? No, it was not <laughs> mirage. Um, he's firing up the flares. This is a real ship. Yeah. And it got so close to him, he could smell the diesel of the ship. And he like basically starts to celebrate because it looks like the ship is coming, coming towards toward him. him. Yeah. What, are they and stupid? They didn't see him? They did not see him. Come on. Um, he starts to celebrate, but the ship rolls could right past imagine? him. you imagine? Yeah. I, I mean, like, no, the answer is no, no, you can't. The but, like, no. <laughs> yes, no. Um, wow. That. So, talk about rejection, huh? <laughs> yeah. The ship has curved Steve. Um, you know, he, 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 you know, as you can imagine, he felt devastated. Of like, course. it was just like complete hopelessness. Um, and after this, uh, he would check the horizon pretty much every half hour. Um, very meticulously just to make sure that there were no ships that could that like even might spot him right um, but he was saying that it's really hard to spot something as small as his raft on the open ocean yeah if you're not looking for it and, and like it's hard to spot even if you are looking for it but especially if you're not like one of these shipping and they're uh, so boats big. they're probably like yeah. the pilots just like fucking playing candy crush while he's on autopilot like it doesn't take much to steer like there's no lanes yeah um it's just the open ocean so uh it really is kind of an uphill battle to even get noticed um and over the next few days steve spots a handful of ships each of which he tries to signal and each of which continues to go by him damn and also remember, this is week two, no one still knows that Steve is missing. Yeah. Um, and he remembers thinking, like, what the fuck are you doing out here? Like, you're doomed in this, like, open and empty, vast nothingness, and why did you even go on this sailing trip? Like, you're worthless. Like, mm. what? I mean, that's, that's where Steve is at at this yeah. point. Um, and... He remembers crying for the first time during his experience. Uh, um, for af- the first time? Yeah. After he hasn't cried yet. After two weeks? Yeah. So <laughs> this is Steve's first breaking point, I guess. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, he, said, this is, he said his life seemed as utterly open and empty as the ocean he was trapped in. Wow. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry. That I didn't mean to make it. <laughs> That's really terrible. I'm sorry about him. But, I'm sorry, Steve. No, but I, I would have cried immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think. Just when the boat was still intact before the bump, when, before the whale yeeted him off the boat, 
<laughs> I would I think have, he would have been done at Bermuda. I would have been done before I even stepped on the boat. <laughs> I would have cried probably multiple times. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a fun cruise. <laughs> <laughs> no. I bet his mullet's looking pretty unruly at this point. Yeah. And he's stinky. Yeah, he's got to be stinking. <laughs> he's definitely stinking but I mean, up the maybe place. Maybe not. He's got salt water. Maybe all not. He's cooking. He's sweaty. He's salty. You know, it's he's, like beach day from hell. He's uh, nah. You know, stinky. Shower off. Stinky Steve. <laughs> That's him. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, Steve's the only one that can smell it at this point. Um. And at this point. Steve had drifted about 700 miles from his shipwreck. No. Yeah. And um, he's drifted out of the shipping lanes. <sighs> stinky Steve. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Classic stinky Steve. Drifting out of those boat lanes with his mullet. Yeah, I can't even imagine two weeks of must and not showering. Ugh. Oof. Stinky. <laughs> I'd imagine you get used to it, though. He's probably nose blind. I hope. He's got bigger problems, okay? No, I know. This is very, like, small. <laughs> Could you imagine that being, like, a big point of his story, though? He's like, <laughs> he's like the God, stench of I myself. Dunk. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, so, you know, pretty hopeless. His next chance at salvation would come if he reached the Caribbean islands, his original destination, another thousand miles away. No. Yeah. Shit. So he didn't even think that he would reach the shipping lanes. Yeah. So reaching the Caribbean is just completely so far off his mental realm of possibilities that it's just inconceivable to him that he might even make it to the Caribbean. Right. Um, but he, at this point, is starting to realize that he is way more resilient than he thought ever possible. And he's averaging about 25 miles a day traveling. So he calculates about how long um, it would take him to get there. And it would be an, mm, about another two months Oof. before he would reach any of the islands. No. So also during his calculus of his course, he realizes that if he... Um, drifts any further north he will miss the caribbean altogether and be swept up by the current back into the middle of the atlantic ocean going towards england again oh he'd just do a little yui yeah so i guess the current like kind of goes up yeah. north on the uh, east coast yeah. and then up towards england back down and then across to the caribbean and then up again shit don't yeah. want that. So um, he's like, he really doesn't have much that he can do, but he's like, I'm, yeah, I, I could be swept back into the middle of the ocean if I miss uh, the Caribbean. So if he gets swept back out, this is going to make um, the scale of his journey uh, on the matter of months instead of weeks. Right. So he said it would probably take him about like another eight months to get back to England. Uh, no. Yeah, no. No. No, I mean, I'd imagine that he would hit other shipping lanes, but uh, we have seen that that's not too promising. Yeah. 
um, conditions on the raft are getting extremely difficult. Um, he couldn't stretch out because the raft was not long enough for him to just lay down flat. Right. He had to like always be curled up. Mm -hmm. So he's like constantly cramping because he can't actually stretch out. Yeah. Um, and he probably hasn't like, I mean, he definitely hasn't like stood. Yeah. Stood up. Not fully. Yeah. Um, he's getting salt water sores. Mm. So he basically has open wounds, which oh, are God. exacerbated by the fact that he is, in fact, surrounded by salt that is quite literally rubbing salt in his salt wounds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I bet his sunburn is like third degree at this point. Like, yeah, I think that he had a canopy. Oh, okay. That's good. But, um... I don't know. Like, if he spends any extended period of time in the sun or if he, like, falls asleep and it starts to come in through the yeah. canopy, like, he's going to be crispy. And yeah, he's I've gotten got second, sores. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that'll, that's even worse. I've gotten secondary no, burns on my head from the sun before. Oh, when yeah? I, yeah, when I was cool. younger. No, it sucks. Yeah. So, like, I know a little bit about <laughs> sunburn. <laughs> you could say. I know what Steve's going through. Yeah. Totally relatable. Yeah. Yeah. So even um, whereas he's like he is starting to drift uh, into warmer territory because mm -hmm. he's going towards the Caribbean, so it's getting hotter and hotter during the day. Great. Um, so he's sweating more and losing more water. Um, he's just getting more dehydrated because he's losing more water than he's getting. Yeah. Um, his solar stills produce about a pint of water a day, but that's just kind of on the border of what's enough to sustain a person. So he would pretty much, like, any time the solar still produced any water, would immediately drink it, like, no matter how much it was. So he's kind of just getting these, like, little mouthfuls of water um, every couple hours. And is there, do you know, is there, like, um, a, like a, a time when the, the solar stills, like, clog up or, like, break or they stop working? Or are you about to get into that? Is that, did I just, like, put That's, the words in your mouth? Mm, a month from now. A month, okay. But yes. Shit. <laughs> Poor Steve. Um, will will hang on, but um, his solar stills will not. Uh, I won't tell you when, though. Okay. Um, so he is getting increasingly hungry because there's a lack of fish uh, in this section of the ocean. He just, you know, hasn't happened to seen any fish and he starts to lose a lot of weight as a result, as one would. Oh my god, skinny legend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been doing this, like, really crazy new diet where you just float, in the, float in the middle of the ocean for three months. It's even better than keto. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he's desperate for fish. Uh, he finally does come upon a school of fish and um, continues to catch... Uh, the mahi-mahi, and one of these um, fishing expeditions, he puts the spear directly through a fish, and he's like, fuck yeah, I got one. Um, and the fish breaks off the end of his spear. What? Um, the fish also... Was it like get... a bodybuilder fish? Yeah, this fish was ripped. Um, the fish also, like thrashes and takes off underneath the raft and pops one of the inner tubes of the raft what the bottom one this doesn't sink him because there's other 
like inner tubes that are keeping him afloat but it's one of the critical like stabilizing ones so like after this popped he can't really like even kneel like not stand up like kneel yeah. up to like spearfish uh and he he said it was kind of like i don't know trying to uh, to walk in like quicksand like you can't yeah. grab onto anything right. or really move um and he quote i knew i was in serious serious trouble <laughs> at this point yeah um so he thinks he's sinking in the ocean at this point and the whole bottom tube has a hole cut in it from the fish's um dorsal fin about four to five inches long no and again he lost any stability that he had on the raft that he would have needed to fish or collect water so for multiple days steve is trying to repair this hole in the middle of his inner tube He's like trying to sew it up and, you know, put a bunch of pressure to try and get this hole to close. And every time he tries to inflate the tube, it just fills back up with water. Um, And this is, again, one of Steve's final straws. Like he thought that it was like, this is really it. Yeah. Again, not no more bad things can possibly happen. Like you got I mean, I'm sure they could, but. At this point, I'm sure you're feeling crazy. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he can't even, like, there's no stability, like, enough for him to even collect water. So, this is about day 47 to 51. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, this whole time, he's trying to fix it. And to add on top of it, the raft is drifting slower than it was before because it's not as inflated. So, right. he's not even getting to the caribbean as fast as he needs to to like get out of here yeah um and he's depleting his rations of dried fish so he was smart enough like when he would catch a fish he would dry it out on a fishing line so he could eat it later that was smart so it's this kind of uh stockpile of fish that kind of keeps him going um and he thought he was going to die in the middle of the ocean. And he remembers, he's like, I haven't done anything that was successful in my life. Yes, he did. He sailed from... This is his <laughs> words, right? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> like, That's... I haven't done anything successful. I've failed my marriage, my relationships, and I've never given enough of myself to anyone. And he just remembers, I had just wasted a life. Wow. So, like, this is where Steve's at. Yeah. He felt like death was a certainty. Um, and within hours of dying, probably, Steve like kind of snaps out of it. And he got scared. Like he was all of a sudden scared of death. And he realized that he would, in fact, be dead in a matter of hours if he didn't inflate this goddamn inner tube. <laughs> and it was really funny. Like his um, recount of the experience, he's like, I'm um, like, rifling through all my supplies that i have on the raft like just trying to find anything that would help me inflate this inner tube and then he goes oh yeah the fork the fork <laughs> i just remember i busted out laughing i was like what the fuck just the way he said the fork it was like duh yeah the fork i'm like how the fuck can yeah a fork, how is that duh <laughs> how can a fork help you in this situation steve we are not eating chicken nuggets we're fixing yeah, i'm sorry whoa 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 you don't eat chicken nuggets with a fork my guy 
I don't know. Have you never eaten chicken nuggets with a fork? Oh, no, no. You don't eat chicken nuggets with a fork? Excuse me? <laughs> knock, knock. Anyone home? All right. This isn't stir fry. Pick your... This isn't rice. I don't know. What do you eat with a fork? This isn't mac and cheese. <laughs> that last one's controversial, but this isn't food. Yeah. No, I get you. You know what I mean? Just had to set the record straight. All right. Well, fuck you. You never eat a chicken <laughs> nugget with a fork? Whoa. Those are them's fighting words, my guy. Okay, second time I've called you my guy. Don't like it. Um, <laughs> big we can, man. We can, big man, big man. <laughs> Little guy. Come here, big man. Um, all right, well, we can move on. But anyway, so the fork. Aha. Have you really never eaten chicken nuggets with a fork? I can't say never because that would be crazy of me. But that's not the okay. way you do it. All right. I think my point was made here. No. I rest don't, my case. You don't win. I rest my case. You don't win. I rest my case. Great. It's rested. It's taking a nap. Um, so (laughs) the reason he's like, oh yeah, the fork is he thinks the fork might just be strong enough, uh, to attach a patch to the hole that is on the side of his inner tube. So I guess his problem must have been that he didn't, he couldn't get enough like direct pressure to adhere the patch Mm. to this hole that the fucking Dorado put in his inner tube. And at this point, like, he doesn't even, he doesn't think that he's going to make it even still after, like, kind of having this um, epiphany. Uh, but he does get the uh, the patch on and inflated the raft successfully. Wow. And he said that this was the greatest victory of his life. <laughs> yeah, no, that seriously is. Yeah, no shit. that's, you, um, you saved yourself. Yeah, all due to the, the chicken nugget eating no, machine no, no. that is the fork. No, no, no. Um, I mean, even though he did uh, get this done, he's still hundreds of miles away from the Caribbean. So um, he's like, I just had to hang on. And he just remembers enduring this experience. Uh, He's like, this is such a minuscule life. He's like, there's nothing to do. And you're just there with your thoughts. And he's like, he remembers like looking at his watch. He's like, I thought like a half an hour went by and it was like 30 seconds. Spooky. And so he's obviously going a little crazy as one would after what, I think this is about 60 days of isolation. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous so, laughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so he he's hanging on, but not having a great time. <laughs> Straight up, dude. Not, not having, having a great, great time. time. <laughs> um, and it's, his problems are not worse with his mental health. And yeah physical condition um after 66 days at sea the solar stills that steve was using come on had reached the end of their working life okay the cloth on the bottom had rotted out and the plastic that catches the water had been eaten away and he could no longer use it okay so not great does he still have the other water Yes. Great. But but not much of it. Great. So he has about three cans left. And again, he remembers recalling that this really is it. Yeah. This like, time. This time, I'm really going to die. Yeah. So his salt levels are getting increasingly high because he's fucking surrounded by salt, um, which is leading to a clouding of his judgment. Mm-hmm. As uh, you might. He's getting dehydrated and increasingly salty. Um <laughs> 
he remembers just drinking. He's basically he's not even drinking the water. He's mm-hmm. basically just getting enough in his mouth to like retain the moisture, because mm. um, he's really trying to stretch these three cans out as yeah. long as he can. Because he is really close to the Caribbean at this point. Remember, it's day sixty six. Yeah. Um, so he he's getting there, and he's hanging on by a thread. Um, and it's at this point, he's like, I should have seen an island by now. Like, I probably should have seen an island, like, days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, he's like, what the fuck's going on? But remember that during the time that his bottom tube was deflated, he was moving slower. Mm-hmm. My guess is that he didn't, like, take that, that into yeah. account. And that was just like, you know, he's probably, he's going crazy at this point. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of like, you know, getting even more, he's like... <laughs> even more and more like uh demoralized um and then he remembers again like if he miscalculated his position he would be swept back out to sea uh to the atlantic so he's like he's like oh i should have seen the islands by now and if i missed them i'm going back out to sea and he's like kind of running through that nightmare uh, scenario in his head and he thought that he might be dead at this point he's like i've never been dead before maybe this is what it's like oh my and god he's just like gonna float around the ocean forever no and this was kind of spooky he recalls feeling the hopelessness of all the people that had gotten lost at sea and never came back and he felt like he was here amongst them oh that is spooky ghosty yeah so he could feel all those lost souls around him. How many people get lost at sea? Like, how common is it? I don't know. That's... I don't want to think about it, actually. Do you want me to Google it? No, I don't, actually. Well, it's more than one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have this kind of <laughs> ghosty experience going on for Steve as he's hallucinating Ooh, okay. while getting more and more dehydrated. Um, and all of a sudden... Steve starts to see all these crates and plastic garbage. Close to land. Which is a sad sign that you're oh. close to land. Sad sign? Oh, well, yeah, because, like, yeah, garbage in the ocean, that's like, really bad. Yeah, kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's coming in to the home stretch. Yeah, but for him, that's a good sign. That is true. Um, and he remembers the sun rising on day 75. Um and he spots an island 10 miles out from his raft. Oof. And he says that the green of the island was so intense that it was like nothing he'd experienced before. Um, and he starts to get closer and closer to this island. And it's coming into vision. And he looks at the island but realizes that the island is just complete vertical cliffs. No. That would have torn up his raft. <gasps> so he has to keep going. What? Um, yeah, and he had a correct course. And, you know, this is like kind of another hopeless moment, but he does know that he's close, yeah. right? Because he has seen an island in trash, so he is close to civil- civilization. Yeah. And this also means that he didn't um, miss... Uh, his calculation, and he won't be right. swept, swept back, back out into yeah. the Atlantic. And on day 76, Steve finds out of nowhere these fishermen on a boat that had spotted him. Ah. Oh. 
and they pull him out. Yes. And take him back to salt. Yes. To civilization. Steve Ooh. is saved by some random fishermen. <laughs> Love that. And he remembers them asking him, like, they were Jamaican. And mm-hmm. he was like, what are you doing out here, man? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, he gave some terrible accent, but um, they save him and give him water and food. And he remembers his senses, like, being dialed up to 11 out of 10. And he was, like, feeling, seeing, and tasting so intensely um, because he's drinking, like, cold water for the first time in over two months. Oh, my God. And after being rescued, Steve had lost about a third of his body weight, and he weighed about 100 pounds. Wow. His leg muscle had atrophied, so he couldn't really walk on his own. Because he, remember, this whole time, he's laying down. And if you don't use your leg muscles... You lose him. Right. Um, He spent six weeks in the hospital and reunited with his parents. He thought he would never see again. Yeah. And that that really hit me. Yeah, that'll get you. That hit me. Um, Actually, the island that he landed on, Marie Galante, in the southeast of Guadalupe, was only 60 miles south of where his original destination was on his journey back from the Canary Islands. Oh, wow. So, so he made it. He took a little detour. Yeah, he just took a little, took a little detour. A little trip. Yeah. Um, and that was the end of Steve's voyage. Wow. Wow. In the wow. Atlantic. Yeah. Goddamn. No thanks. Yeah, no <laughs> none, thanks. None for me, thanks. No. Damn. Um, I have a few post details that I would like to insert here chuck them in um he has some patents for a lifeboat Ooh. he has three patents one of which that i thought was the most did he go on shark tank no but he should have <laughs> i think this was before shark tank was invented sad we love shark tank we, we are do. we are pro shark tank, on pro this shark tank. <laughs> he should i mean they could he could sell the patent and just take 10 percent of the profits mm-hmm. um but he invented what he called the floating rigid inflatable boat and the impetus of this invention was his experience obviously right and he built the initial model which he called the clam quotes uh, that would allow the pilot to sail the life raft to safety mm-hmm. um, and he recalls that if he had one a sail and two a rudder mm-hmm. he would have gotten out of this situation and been able to sail to the Caribbean in seven days instead of 76. What? Seven? Yeah. And he think that he also recalls that the sail alone probably would have cut his journey down from 76 to 25 days. Wow. But the reason for this is that the sail obviously allows you to like ride the wind, mm-hmm. but the rudder allows you to kind of like steer position it. yourself yeah. and steer so that you get in a position um, where you uh, reach, you go into beam reach, which is the sailing quote for, or sailing term for when the wind is like hitting your sails at 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. So like you're basically, you're getting the full. The most power, or like the speed. You're doing gotta the Gotta get most. the real speed. Yeah. <laughs> so he, so he has a patent on that, which would have literally cut his journey 
by 90%. Wow, that's really crazy. So, Well, it's great that he did that. In addition to that, he holds two other naval patents. Hell yeah. One for a boat stability and directional control device, and another rigid bottom rescue boat. Mm. So So that fish wouldn't be able to pierce that boat. That bitch has fish. Stupid bodybuilding ass bitch. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know. I bet that fish's name was like Doug. Oh, God. Doug. Um, But yeah, so he has two patents on that. And another fun fact, Stephen also consulted in the movie, uh, in the making of the movie Life of Pi, where Mm. Pi is stuck at sea and designed lures uh, (laughs) lures and tools that were actually used in the film. Cool. That's yeah. really cool. I've never seen that movie. Have you seen it? I have. It's good. It's good? Mm. Yeah. Um, it's kind of fucked up. Okay. Well, I mean, um, you know, there's just another two. But you would like me. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would imagine that listeners of this podcast could handle a little bit of fucked up. Sure. But it's good because um, it, it. I don't want to give too much away, but um, it's kind of one of those where the entire time the movie's happening, you're seeing something different than what reality is happening it's not a mirage (laughs) i like that word (laughs) we can tell yes uh but it's like it's one of those situations where the reality you're seeing is really just like the coping mechanism of the victim yeah um and you realize what the actual reality was at the end that sounds cool i i think i would like that yeah we should watch it yeah but it's, it's a good movie um, and Steven consulted on it. So all those lures and uh, tools are fucking legit. Love that. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, that's what I got. Wow. That is... Oof. That's one of my worst nightmares. Yeah, that's oof. <laughs> that's oof. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that, like, the worst part of this for you was the sinking of the boat. Yes. In the night with the storm. Yeah in the hall with the candlestick yeah no that Ooh, i i hate the ocean i mean i don't hate it but i don't like it you know i like to watch it from the beach yeah i like to listen to it i think it's pretty to look at from the sand but when i'm out on a boat i'm nervous a little bit i'm nervous if you can see land are you okay Probably, yeah, I think, probably. Like, you feel comfortable? Sure, I guess. So it's only when you can't see land that you're, like... Yeah, fuck that. Getting a little... Mm-mm. 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 What happened to Steve's mullet? Steve does cut it. Ah, oh, sad. Steve does cut it. Okay. It had to go. Yeah. Because, remember, he, he looks like... He in the like, back a little too hard. Yeah, he <laughs> he rode the wave of the 80s. Yeah. And after this experience, well, I'm sure... Back. Are they, are they back? They're back, folks. Mullets are coming back with force. Says they are, who? Says, uh, hello? Says Gen Z. And they really, they really... Oh, wait, does it, doesn't Miley have a mullet? Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's back in. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, people are cutting mullets left and right. <laughs> Actually, though, like, people on TikTok, they've got a ton of mullets oh, TikTok. on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm... I'm cut off from TikTok. I don't... You're not that cut off from TikTok. I just only get dog videos. You get the good that ones. You send me. Yeah, you get, I get the good. You you get the. You, I weed out the shit for you, and you get the good ones. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I hope mullets are a phase, a quick phase, a quick quarantine <laughs> I like phase. Em. I don't. 
They're dirty. They're, I mean, I think if done correctly, they're cool. That's true. I just how did like this to, become a, I like a how did this become trends. a talk about fashion? Because we're, we're talking about mullets. Steve had a mullet. mullet. Steve had a mullet. Well, in the in the documentary, he has a very short buzz cut. Okay. With gray hair. All right, I'll allow it. Actually, today Steve is sixty-eight years old because he was born in nineteen fifty-one. Oh. Okay, so we he's love sixty-nine doing the math for years. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's good. Damn. Well, do you have something good for this week? Uh, for this week, um, you go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I am. It's bittersweet because I am happy that uh, we get to spend holidays together. It's the you know the first time we get to like spend holidays together. Um, but you know we're not going to be able to go home and see our family, so that kind of sucks. But you know I yeah. I don't know I think it's. I don't know. It, it's it's so important to just stay safe right now, and we really gotta whew, gotta do better as a country yeah. right now. And that's an understatement. But you know, I don't know. It's really sad. But I'm excited to make my grandma's stuffing. I got her recipe. Stuffed artichokes. Stuffed artichokes, possibly. It's true. Because that's our Thanksgiving thing: is we do stuffed artichokes and the stuffing. And I'm gonna buy a pumpkin pie. So those are. Those are my happy things. And we're going to paint some ornaments. It's going to be cute. So, you know, it's there's a silver lining, I guess. Yeah, trying to look on the right side. But yeah, I did cancel Thanksgiving plans. Yeah, I mean, it's super sad. It's it's terrible. Yeah, but not happy about it. No. Um, but yeah, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. Um, gotta gotta keep safety, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fucking rough month or so yeah yeah it is but uh but the good news is the vaccine apparently is very effective yeah and i mean i've i read somewhere that i mean <laughs> i don't know don't take this for let anything. me parrot misinformation <laughs> yeah but no i mean i don't know that it's misinformation but i i read i think it was cnn that was like oh yeah hopefully the vaccine will be distributed to sensitive groups by the end of december so i'm just kind of hoping that seems so fast it does it seems very fast but i am really hoping that that's the case because just want just want that <laughs> just want that to be what happens but, um yeah. my good thing this week um you found a new love for chia seeds <laughs> i did <laughs> making some chia seed pudding that's cool i uh, guess i made some chia seed pudding <laughs> Is that my good thing? That's okay. Jesus Christ. It's allowed to be your good thing. There's not uh, a lot going on right now. No, there's not. Um, you know what's a good no, thing? No, no, no. What? Um, I got a whiteboard, Hell which I'm really yeah. pumped about. We love a whiteboard. So. Um, it's the little things, folks. <laughs> it's the little things. I, I don't know. I feel like I just really enjoy lists and crossing shit off. And this <laughs> yeah. is, this whiteboard is going to help me do that. Yeah so and i think it's good i think we're i think we're lucky because we don't hate each other you know <laughs> i feel like i feel like quarantine has been like i genuinely still enjoy being around you every day you know yeah me too. which i mean that's cool that's hard to find yeah i feel like a lot of couples have <laughs> have been really put to the test yeah i just feel like we're better than a lot of couples we're just better than we're that just, yeah we're just better than you <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you had any issue going into this, oh god, oh my god, yeah, well, Lord help you. But all like, I'm saying that is issue that we're is now ten hundred times bigger. Yeah, all I'm saying is I, I feel lucky to be in quarantine with you. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> okay, let's Me plug too. the socials. <laughs> plug the socials, um, you, you big old suck. you suck. Uh, all right, so. Uh, if you would like to follow us on Instagram and keep up with our posts of, you know, pictures and, you know, stuff about the case, follow us on Instagram. Our handle is, uh, not today underscore podcast. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, our handle is not today podcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three because that just makes sense. If you or anyone you know has a story you'd like to share with us, whether it be survival or true crime or paranormal or something else tell me how your day was send us an email at please not- for the love of god talk to us <laughs> send us an email <laughs> at notodaypodcast at gmail.com we just started a facebook page so go go drop a like we're not today podcast um and just one word on a case what for facebook uh i think it's just you can look up not today podcast and we should It'll pop come up. up facebook yeah. knows yeah cool um and yeah you know Just keep breathing, folks. Yeah. Yeah.